Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Well, I, I don't know if anybody have heard, but it's a season of miracles. It's just where we're at. It's just what time it is, what the season is. All right, well, we'll be a couple places in the Word today. So if you want to turn to Romans 5 and then flip over to Numbers 13, those are the two places we will be. If you have a digital Bible, I'm sorry. You can't put your finger in it. Makes me really sad. All right. It's a season of miracles. You know, we're, we're going to be looking at the promised land today. And, and, you know, something about the promised land is there are just giants there. I don't know about your promised land, but I always thought the promised land was smooth. It was the cakewalk. It was the easy stuff. No. In the promised land, there's giants. And that's why it takes a people that is actually strong and courageous. It takes a people that actually have a spirit in them that can actually stand up to giants and isn't afraid. And they hear what Joshua heard, be strong and courageous for the Lord thy God is with you. And anytime we, we partner our, our faith with courage, miracles happen. It's a season of miracles. I want this morning, I would love for you to partner faith with your courage. Faith with courage. Faith with courage. And in that is where we actually get to watch giants fall. And you got to remember, we don't, we don't fight against flesh and blood, right? But against rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. The tearing down of strongholds is the way that you and I fight. If you're not in a fight, you might be in a complacent place. Kind of like David, when it says in the scriptures, the men were at war, and David was up on the roof, rooftop looking at naked people. He was complacent. He was in the wrong place. You're built for a fight because it's not only you that you're fighting for. You're fighting for multiple generations that will come through you. Whether that you have natural children or not, you're called to fight a spiritual fight that everybody is called to bring heaven to earth in their generation. But will you answer the call? Because a lot of us think heaven coming to earth looks like getting fat and happy. No, it actually looks like us getting fit 
and strong in faith, in courage, in perseverance, in strength, in goodness, in hope, in love, in joy, in peace, in patience, in kindness. It looks like us reigning in life through those things. And I felt like the Lord just wanted me this morning to call you guys to courage. Because it has felt like we have transitioned from a winter season into a spring season. From a 40 years in the wilderness into a promised land season. But I just want to honestly give us a beautiful godly warning that says there's still giants here. The Nephilim are still running around. That's a crazy story. You guys ever study the Nephilim? Whew. Bunch of angels came down and had sex with women and made these beings that were never supposed to exist. We're going to read about them in a minute. They're in there, so. This is why we know that now, there's no more Nephilim. We know that now our battle is in heavenly places. Most of your fights that you will win are fights from the inside out. They're external, they're, in, pardon me, they're internal leadership. They're internal, they come from the inside out. This is why your fight with money is most of the time not on the outside, it's on the inside. Everything starts here. And it starts with what Proverbs is, which is wisdom, a listening ear. A people that reign in life, not because of how easy everything is, but because how much their ability to hear. They have big spiritual ears. And I want to let you know today, you have big spiritual ears. So in this season of miracles, I want you to know as I talk today, what is the thing that you're fighting for? What is the thing that you need courage for? I love it. The, the, the most uh, time that I get to hear testimonies is always in the most random moments. Is I was walking on my way to the bathroom this morning and Papa Ron Book, he's one of our board members. He's just a papa in this house. He's such a good man. Where are you at, Ron? Oh, man, I love Ron. I love Ron. If you just want to receive love, go get a hug from Papa Ron today. Well, last week, um, I, I called out a word of knowledge around arthritis, but I felt it specifically in my, my ring finger. And I'm not wearing a wedding ring today, but I'm happily married. I just want everybody to know that. And he comes up to me and he goes, Justin, last week I got healed. I have absolutely no pain in this finger. No pain in this finger for a whole week. Now the truth is, Ron has nine other giants he has to slay. Which the other fingers are still riddled with arthritis. What do you do with those kind of moments? You just get thankful. You just turn your thanksgiving on. 
Because a lot of times we're so focused on what God isn't doing that we actually can't see what he is doing. We can't see the stones in our hands that he's caused us to actually slay a giant. We're complaining we don't have the right equipment. And then we go try to try on Saul's armor and we look really funny. We look ridiculous because it's not the weapons that God gave you. And our weapons look really different. Our fights are going to look different. But the difference is in this fight, we are together because you're never supposed to fight alone. Everything that Jesus did, he did two by two. He, he sent people out together as the body, as the bride unified together. We're not meant to be alone, Genesis says. You're not meant to be alone. And so if you find yourself fighting by yourself, if you find yourself in that place of hope deferred, makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life, get a buddy, get a friend, get somebody and let them into your fight. Let them into whatever's going on. Because when two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there. I will be present we're not supposed to do any of this Christian life alone. Whew. If you're an island Christian, whew, bummer for you. Just you and Jesus. It's never been just you and Jesus. You're called a bride. It's not because you're just beautiful on your own. It's because you're beautiful together. Corporate, together, we're beautiful. And he's coming back for a spotless bride. Some people that are reigning in life. It's not that we have everything all together. It's we know who does and we're attached to him through loving union with Christ because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's by grace that this has happened to us, guys. All right, now it's time to preach. I don't know what's going on there, but we're just setting it all up. All right. So we want to start out in, um, we're going to be in Numbers 13, like I said. But we're going to start out because, you know, the, the promised land is really, it's a picture of bringing heaven to earth. It's a picture of people that were called into a land that was flowing with milk and honey, honey, flowing with big fatty grapes, with huge fruit, with goodness. But we see a people that was also afraid. They were scared because of the giants. And so, you know, it's, it's also a picture of, of, of truly reigning in life. And I want to start out with one of Bethel Atlanta's favorite passages. And it's this, Romans 5, verse 17. If because of one man's trespass, Adam's trespass, death reigned through that one man, which is original sin, which is the fall, which is Genesis 3, the fruit that wasn't supposed to be partaken of. Much more... Will those who receive the abundance, everybody say abundance, of grace, say grace. So this abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Grace is what empowers us to kill giants. It's what empowers us to do the impossible. It empowers you, not only at the moment of conversion, 
Because so many of us have a theology that it's rescue theology. The whole point of salvation is to go to heaven. But I don't know about you, but actually the point of salvation starts you in heaven on earth. It starts you in the reality of kingdom now. It's not for the far off, the by and by. It starts in this moment. And so many of us were sold a different gospel that just rescued us and all we're looking for is to be rescued out. When Jesus, when God commissioned you to bring his kingdom now. Called you to pray just like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done, which is a partnership with heaven and earth. Disciples look like those who are partnering with God to bring heaven to earth. And this is why it's dangerous getting just sin focused. Rather than the truth of the true gospel, which is abiding love, he said that it's not that you loved him, but it's he loved you first. This is the gospel. This is abiding love. This is why the kingdom starts now. Because when his love wrecked our hearts with pure goodness, with pure joy, with pure presence, the present presence of God with us, Emmanuel. There was no more separation between man and God. It was all fulfilled in this one man who caused us all to reign in life. I was talking to a gentleman earlier, and he's coming today because he, he, he wants to be healed, and he's coming with great faith. I love it. And I got to share a testimony. I was speaking in, in Reading, uh, Bethel Reading at the youth group, and uh, during my preaching, I called out a word of knowledge. I said, if you have problems with your vision, the Lord's healing vision problems right now. I remember one of the girls, I think she was in the third row, she takes off her glasses because she wasn't able to see, you know, Bethel in those days had all the banners. Do you guys remember all the banners? Go to the church with the banners like Hosanna and I don't know, all the different names of God, those awesome things. And she was never able to read the banners without her, gla um, without her glasses. And so she took her glasses off and she said, she came up to me after the service and she said, Justin, after you gave that word of knowledge, I took my glasses off and I was able to read all those banners for the very first time. God healed me in the middle of this service. And I want to say that healing is coming in the middle of this service. So as you're even focusing on what I say, don't just focus on what I say, but focus on the present presence of God that is with you to bring a breakthrough in your life today. So through this one man, we get to reign in life. We get to experience heaven on earth. And I've been just really curious lately just about heaven on earth and what does it look like 
And I, I want to turn over to Numbers. So if you could flip with me to Numbers. Numbers 13. We're going to talk about some great men today. And, and Moses heard from the Lord. And this is, you know, really all of our journey. We're just all on, a, on this journey of growing with hearing God. How many of you are on that journey today? You know, it's the ones that, that feel like they hear 100% are the ones that scare me. Because remember, we're not, we're not meant to hear alone either. We're meant to, we're meant to hear one with another. And so in this moment, Moses is talking to the Lord and says, the Lord spoke. Whew. <laughs> we can just stop right there. It's really good. <sighs> Did you know he speaks? He's speaking to you all the time. The Lord is speaking to you. He speaks to you through his word. He speaks to you in prayer. He speaks to you in a still small voice. He speaks to you through prophetic words. He speaks to you through your brothers and sisters. He speaks to you through your enemies. <laughs> I love it when he speaks to us through our enemies. It's like a dose of humility. Just take that down. The Lord spoke and said, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to my people. I am giving to the people. So in this moment, God speaks and he says, I'm, I'm giving you this land, but I want you to spy it out first. And I don't know about you, but it, it makes me immediately think of, you know, Proverbs and in Proverbs 25, which is a proverb of, of Hezekiah's words, it says this, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the glory of kings to search it out. There's things that God wants you to search out, but they take effort. That's the point of a king. It's not something that just anybody that is just in a complacent state will get to do. It's actually people, when they're talking about kingship here, it's a community, it's a person, it's people with royalty behind them that's going to take some work to discover. Anything worth discovering takes work. And work is beautiful. It's actually a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift from the Lord. And so your ability to partner with the creator and be creative is so kingdom. It's so you reigning in life. It's so you bringing that place, that, that things to search out. And a lot of us lose our ability to search things out as children. And the reason is, is because of comparison. You want to get your joy stolen, start comparing to other people. And it's what starts to happen to kids, I think it's around third through fifth grade, is they start comparing their, because every kindergartner can paint the Mona Lisa. Is Van Gogh. And we act like they are. 
This is my million dollar piece, goes right on the refrigerator. I go to eat food and I go, oh my goodness, I'm a proud parent. But then comparison slips in and we begin to look at one another and go, they're better than I am. They have more than me. I just must be a one talent Christian. You know what one talent Christians do? They actually don't become disciples. They become Christians that bury, bury their talent. And when you bury your talent, you're not doing much to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. You're hiding it. So you're creative, guys. You are such a creative people. So when the Lord promises them, he says, I want to give you this land. He, he, he makes a statement, I'm giving you the land. And so Moses decides to, to grab 12 people. And within them, you know the story. It's Joshua and Caleb are in this midst. And there's 10 other people. And this really, you know, strikes me in such a beautiful way because uh, we want to be a people that are experiencing um, one another as we go out. And as we'll see in a moment, uh, they go out, these 12, and then they get some fatty grapes, some big old grapes. Man, these grapes, guys, I think you could put a straw in just one of the grapes, and it's like holding a coconut shell, and just get a little intoxicated just with that, that grape. Okay, this is Jesus intoxication. Okay, guys, take a deep breath. These are some huge grapes. God cares that you care about the fruit. Because the other 10 despised the fruit because of the giants in the land. He loves that you go after fruit. And again, if you miss the king on the way, just back up and look at him. Because he is where that attachment love comes from. He is where all fruit comes from. And as we abide in him, John 15 tells us, we actually go out and bear greater fruit. Again, we don't measure ourselves by religious standards. But every once in a while, I want you to look at your fruit. Not because of religious standards, but because it commissions you. It gives you a, uh, a place of, uh, it provokes you towards the kingdom. Instead of jealousy or comparison, let's look at one another and it goes, oh, he got some big fruit. And I want that to provoke me to a godly jealousy that says, wow, what can my God do for me? What kind of promised land can I gain with the authority God's given me to take land? Look at the fruit, guys. It's beautiful. And so the, the, they, 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 get, they spy out the land. And, you know, I, I love this. And whether the land is rich or poor, this is Moses still commissioning, he says, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. He's asking, we want to be a church community that brings the spoil one to another. It's why we care about testimonies so much. Testimonies are never supposed to puff you up. 
They point you to the king, but they're also supposed to provoke a congregation of people to say there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. Greater works, greater works. I hope I'm provoking you today. What are some of the giants in your land that you want to receive testimonies, that you want to see what God has done, that you want to be provoked towards the kingdom? And so they went out, and in verse 23, and they came to a valley and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes. Told you they're big grapes. And they carried it on poles between two men. I've never gone to Kroger, and Jen and I are like, whoo, hey, baby, can you come help me with these grapes? These are some big old fatty grapes. Okay, you ready? Ooh, we got those in the cart. I'm going to have a Gideon moment tonight. I'm going to be in the wine press just making some wine. These are going to be really good grapes. But they were provoked by the fruit. They also brought some pomegranates. They went to like the smallest fruit there ever was. Just like, because <laughs> the fruit's deceiving. You're like, that's big. And then you cut into it, and you're like, oh my goodness. So these are like the mini testimonies. I'm just kidding you, okay? That's ridiculous, Justin. And figs? I'm sorry. I'm an American. I don't like figs. This isn't provoking me either. That was that bad? Is that sad? I don't know. Did I do something there? All right. So that, that, the place, the valley that they went to, um, where the cluster of grapes was, they ended up calling this place the Valley of Grapes. They named it. They named it. I remember the very first Sunday right here, Joseph Parkman was right there. And he said, Justin, he was going like this. I said, Joseph, what's going on? He said, I have pain just all through my back. I turned and I was going to give his wife a hug and I looked back and I said, be healed in Jesus' name. And he goes, all the pain's gone. All the pain's gone. Before I could even give his wife a hug, she's like, really? You guys, we want to be able to remember those places. We want to never, this is why the children of Israel built memorial stones. They stones of remembrance to remember what God has done because you can always have a thankful heart because of what God has done. And it's one of the things that we find in this passage, in this story that the children forgot over and over again. God just parted the Red Sea and they continue to forget. So, we love to see the fruit. You know, I love it in, in Luke 10, Jesus sent out the 72. He says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two. Guys, I, 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 I wanna encourage you. 
We need one another. There's a different kind of epidemic, pandemic in our country, and it's called loneliness. And it comes because we need, we need a people that is able to be a vulnerable right where they're at. I love this story because Caleb and Joshua never denied the giants. They never denied. I see so many Christians live in fake joy. It's like, I didn't hear that doctor's report. I didn't hear it. Did not hear it. No, I heard it. I heard it. And now I get to be strong and courageous. I get to step into my promised land and fight a giant because I know who my God is. I know who my God is. Yes, death and life are in the power of the tongue because I know who my God is, not because I'm burying my head within sand. I'm not sticking my head within sand. I actually get to rise up, and I need courage in this life because in this life there will be troubles. There will be tribulations. Reigning in life is not void of trials and tribulations. It just means you come at them differently. You look at them differently. Because who you're abiding in, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all of those fruits are not just emotional states. They're a state of being. They're a state of who you are because who you're connected to, because of who you're abiding in. So it's not fake joy. It looks at the giants. It sees them, looks them square in the eye, does not deny them, and says, but I know who my God is, and I know who my friends are. Oh, we got some good friends. So I found out I had dyslexia when I was in the first grade. And by the time I was in the third grade, did all sorts of tests on me. This back in the 80s, didn't know much about it. Did all sorts of tests, and... You know, he just, he just can't read. And I remember, remember, first time Bill Johnson came to one of our, our camps, our family camps, and he was there. And I was between 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there. And I sat there on the front row. And, you know, it was about 10, 30, 11, somewhere there at night. And I sat there as he prayed for every single person. And I went up to him and I said, I found out I have dyslexia. So he prayed for me right there. He said, should I bought a Honda? No, he didn't say that, that's a joke. That's my pretend tongue, I'm sorry. He said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I know, it's good. And it, you know, he prays for me. I sit down with courage and I start reading and nothing happened but it started me on a promised land journey. And during that promised land journey, I took years where the only time I would get prayers if there was a specific word of knowledge about dyslexia. Because truthfully, when you find yourself fighting alone sometimes, you can get weary. And so you know what I did? It was about, it was about 15, 20 years ago. I told a couple close friends, my wife, different ones, and I said, I want you to stand with me 
for this dyslexia being healed. And I'm just going to be over here in rest, in joy, and in thanksgiving. And that's how I'm going to live my life right now. So the only time I'd get prayer for, for dyslexia is when somebody called it out with a word of knowledge. Not because I didn't have faith for it. Not because I didn't know. I've now heard of hundreds of people getting healed of dyslexia. All these testimonies. I love Paul Mann where he sends me tests. Just all these testimonies of people being healed of dyslexia. I still to this day have not been healed of dyslexia. So there's different postures to taking your promised land. The posture of sometimes looks like rest. I'm just going to enjoy him. My job right now is beholding his beauty. It's 2 Corinthians. It's metamorpho, which means to simply behold, just to look at him. He's the healer. It's not how much faith I can muster up, squeeze it out of me. It's no, it's because his name is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. It's his nature. And I just have my hearing ears. And so my hearing ears told me 20 years ago, set it to the side. It was only four weeks ago that I just felt some courage rise up again about dyslexia. I'm ready to be healed, God. I'm ready to go after this. I'm ready to get furious. I'm ready to get fierce. I'm ready to see this stronghold be torn down in my life because it's who you are. But it's just different postures. It doesn't mean the last 15 years wasn't beautiful. It was so beautiful. So beautiful. Because so many of us, we step into striving so easy, guys. We step into performance. And my biggest demon that I face is I'm not enough, which comes from a religious spirit. It comes from the spirit of religion that drives you, that pokes at you. It said you should have, could have, would have. One more time, just do something. Now I get to laugh at that thing. Haha. I just felt the spirit of Steve Backlund walk in this place. Ha ha ha. I love you, Steve. Guys, we are the spies. We are the Joshua and Caleb spies. We are those that when, you know, as you keep on reading, the spies come back and they give a bad report. <sighs> bad report. But Caleb, he quiets them. I love it. Sometimes you just got to quiet people. I know it's not very Southern, but you got to go, shh. You touch them right here on the kisser. Shh. 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 We ain't got time for that. Because we know what he said. We know what he said. He spoke at the beginning of this and said, this is the land flowing with milk and honey that I've given to you. He spoke. The creator spoke. So many times the creator speaks. Creativity happens. It comes into being. It's how the planet was formed. Oh, don't you love his voice, guys? And you know, the... So they grumbled and complained and Caleb shushes the crowd and the people before Moses, let us go up at once and occupy it for we are well able to overcome. Say that with me. I am well able to overcome. Now say it plural. We are It's true. We 
are well able to overcome, guys. We are way able to overcome. And sometimes it's still just because I have some big fruit behind my back that I just get to snack on. You guys, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know who my favorite person in the world is? Phyllis Moore. Do you guys know her? Phyllis Moore. You guys, you guys haven't met Phyllis? Phyllis Moore? Phyllis Moore, God. Ah, Phyllis Moore. There it is. It's the prayer that came out of the 90s. The Toronto blessing. Big fatty grapes were falling there, guys. Some, we need to be a people that knows how to get drunk in the spirit. We know how to be filled with the spirit. Filled to overflowing. This is why we have a Sabbath day. We have a day of rest. We have a day of rest. Those days of rest, we get to go and feast on the fatty grapes. This is what Sabbath is. The rest of the time, we're taking land. The Sabbath day is a day of trusting and abiding. It's where your work is like filthy rags to be put aside and to enjoy him. This is one of the reasons we come together corporately to enjoy him, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you, I can tell by your faces, you just need to get drunk. It's true. You need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Get your mind off alcohol, people. We're not talking about that, okay? You need to get filled. We need this, guys. We need this. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make us run from those giants. It makes us courageous the next day to fight them. It's just because we're abiding in him. We're just abiding in him, guys. And I don't know about you, but this is what reigning in life looks like. It looks like there's still giants in my land. But I have a community of people that knows how to bring heaven to earth. That knows how to get filled with the Holy Spirit. That knows how to stay in attachment love to Jesus. No matter what storm may come. I have a people. I have friends. I have you. You guys... What does it look like if a bunch of disciples like us start going into Atlanta, into the marketplaces, into your jobs? And this is how you're looking at your job. No more is it just work, but it's work. It's abiding work. It's work that we bear fruit, that we actually learn. Because again, this goes back to cultivation. This goes back to Genesis 2 and the Genesis 1 principle. Subdue the earth and cultivate. These things that we're fighting for now, guys. We're not only fighting for them for our lives, you're fighting them for your kids. For your kids' kids. This is why Bethel Atlanta... We're building for generations, not just houses, not just sanctuaries, not just the barn. Did you know this is called the barn? This is the Beth. Welcome to the barn, guys. No, it, you need to, it needs to catch on. This is the barn. I'm not joking. You think I'm joking? You can laugh. Go ahead. Ha ha. But it's true. All right. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. 
I felt like the Lord wanted to pour out his spirit on you in that abiding love today. So what I want you to do, because we're not supposed to meant to do this alone, and I'm going to let you out in just one or two minutes, I want you to grab the hand of the person on your right and left. It's just signifying that we are a people that goes out two by two. We go out through 12s, through 74s, through, pardon me, 72s. We know how to be a people that is together because none of us are lonely. Why? Because we have one another. We have him. And so Jesus, right now, I just ask that you would fill us to overflowing. Just begin to pray for the person on your right and left. Just pray that the kingdom of heaven would invade their earth. That they would step into the promised land and not fear these giants that God has called them to defeat. God, I just see a, a, a war room full of heads of giants. Just heads of giants. That we really we will take the spoil. This is a, this is a, a verse. This is a chapter of, of people that look to take spoil. So Jesus, we want to be provoked by fruit. We want to be provoked. We never want to be jealous or, or that unhealthy part of comparison. But we want to be provoked more. Provoke to more, and I ask that you'd fill the person on our right and left with you, Holy Spirit. Fill them up. Just fill them up, God. Fill them up. Why? Because they need courage. They need courage to reign in life. Reigning in life is not the simple life. It's the life that abides. And troubles, winds, storms will come. But we are courageous because of one thing. The Lord thy God is with me. He's with me. He's with me. He's with you. Just release. He is with you on the person on your right and left. God is with you. He 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 is with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I would love the ministry team to come up front. Before you go today, I really did. I, I felt like the Lord wanted to release people um, that have been experiencing depression, especially connected to I'm not enough and connected to loneliness. Now the challenge with this prayer is it's not just a shababam prayer. There's actually action behind it would take some intimacy and vulnerability that take two. It takes you and another person. You remember, it says, confess one to another that you might be healed. And so there's healing that's going to come through this. What will take some action steps. So if you would, if you want to come up for that. If you've never met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know what it means to reign in life, this is your moment to be introduced to a kingdom, pardon me, to a king. His name is Jesus, and he paid for all of your sin by his cross. And so we'd love to... Bless you. <laughs> He's just full of grapes. You might as well come over here. Wow, it's like electricity. <laughs> He's, He's, our, He's our grape dispenser. <laughs> the wine. That was beautiful. That was really good. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Holy Spirit bartenders at the end. And so if you just want more of the Lord, this is your time to get more of the Lord. Some of you, you just really need it. We all do. We all need more. All right, guys, we love you. Uh, please go get your kids. They are ready to be picked up. Bring them back in. They can be prayed for too. If you're sick in your body in any way, we'd love to pray for you. 
The Lord's been, um, he has been healing arthritis. If you have anything going on with your stomach, the Lord is um, restoring stomachs. And so he's restoring gut health is what he told me. And if you have any disease that starts with the letter L, that's including back stuff because those are your L vertebrae. So um, we'd love, or the lower ones are your L. Um, We'd love to pray for you for that. So please come up. We'd love to partner with you. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.